That's a little uh, flash from the past, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, we're in our series uh, by 2020. And 2020 is about the importance of setting God-honoring goals in our life, seeking God's heart, uh, seeking and seeing very clearly 2020, God-honoring vision in, in our life. And we've been saying throughout, everyone ends up somewhere. But 2020 is about ending up somewhere on purpose and putting together a life plan for, for yourself. You know, Proverbs uh, 29, uh, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And in the Hebrew, that word vision is hazon, and it means to dream, to have a revelation, to have a vision. In other words, where there's no vision, where there's no dream, where there's no revelation in life, people perish. Last week, we focused on relationships. Today, we're going to shift our focus to, to work life, thus nine to five, you know. So everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. And, and I want to start by defining what I mean by work life, because I want to expand it. This is not limited to a job where, where you draw a paycheck. In fact, some of you are, are working 40, 50 hours a week, and you're focusing on family. Some of you may be doing homeschooling. Uh, some of you may be retired, or you're volunteering somewhere. Um, we're, we're talking about you know, individuals that might have retired, but they're working a few hours. And you know, some of you are helping juggle the, the grandkids. Perhaps you're caring for a parent or a loved one. So we're, we're talking about a lot here. We're talking about your work life. Maybe it's a nine to five. My guess is it's much bigger than that. It's what you do in your waking hours that's productive, okay? So that's, that's kind of the, the parameters of what we're going to talk about. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you had a dream, maybe when you were a teenager, a uh, young adult, but you had a dream about what you wanted to do with your life? Let, let me see your hands. All right, look around you for a minute. Keep your hands up for me. All right, all right. Now, I'm not talking about kid stuff, okay? Like, when I was a kid, my mom and I would watch uh, Ollie fights on TV, and uh, you know, we'd get all jazzed up, and so then I would announce I'm going to be a fighter when I grow up, <laughs> you know. Uh, we'd go to the, the circus, and I, I wanted to join the circus. I told my parents I wanted to be a lion tamer. I wanted to be shot out of a cannon. And uh, so, you know, and running a church is kind of like running a circus. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm not talking about those spur-of-the-moment dreams, okay, that, that where you go, you see something, you go, oh, that'd be cool if I could do that, okay? What I'm talking about are the things that you really thought about, that, that you really wanted to do with your life at some point. Now, I want to ask you another question. How many of you would say, I'm not doing what I wanted to do when I was younger? Raise your hand. 
All right, keep them up for a second, because I want us to look around and realize that a lot of people are not doing what they wanted to do and what they believed they were supposed to do. Friends, when it comes to your work life, where there's no vision, you end up working nine to five simply to make a living. You're working nine to five, and it really is enough to drive you crazy if you let it. You know, you're working nine to five, but you have very little passion for it. Your energy is low. Your drive is gone. The goals don't don't exist. In fact, you know there's a better life out there. You dream about it. See, where there's no vision in your work life, people perish all the time. Everybody ends up somewhere. But a few people who see clearly 2020, God vision, end up somewhere on purpose in their lives. And we need to be clear so that we end up somewhere on purpose. We need to see clearly where we're going so that we don't echo the thoughts of, of Solomon. You know, Solomon, he was the smartest man in the world at that time. And he's looking back, he's kind of assessing things in his life. And he doesn't like what he saw in his life. And he he writes these words. He says, so I hated life. Because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. Anybody identify with that? All of it is meaningless and chasing after the wind. For those of you who are working a job, and that job has been reduced to putting money in your wallet, so to speak. I mean, it may be a lot of money. Maybe you're just barely getting by. But when a job is reduced to a paycheck, watch out. You you begin working a job, and if you're not using your giftedness if you're not tapping into your passions, before long, you know what happens? You start hating the job. You stay there long enough, you start hating life. And you will echo those words right there. You know, in contrast, God's design's much different. Paul, Paul writes this, Ephesians 2.10. He says, for we are God's handiwork, you know, we're created by God. God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. He designed you. He gave you certain abilities, certain passions, certain talents, certain gifts in your life. God placed you right here, right now, this moment in history. Why? To make, to make a difference. You know, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, If you read on in the chapter, Paul's very clear that we're not made right with God because of the good works in our life. See, we're made right because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. When you make him Lord and Savior of your life, because of that relationship, you're made right. The good works really should be in response. It's almost a supernatural response to what God has already done in our lives. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work. And get get this, this is 
unbelievable to me, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I mean, do you understand that verse? Do you understand how big and great God is? You know, God created you with these talents, with these gifts and skills and abilities before you were even born. God gave you potential. It's God-given potential. And God gives you this opportunity in life to meet certain people, to do certain things. And when you get to use your giftedness and express those gifts with passion through your work, whether it be 30 hours a week or 40 hours a week or 50 or 60 or whatever, rather than saying, you know what, I hate this, I hate my job, I hate my life, it's a much different perspective. Because you, you've got, been given opportunities to use your gifts, to leave a mark. You know, I talk about marking people's lives, the people around you. You know, you get the opportunity when it comes to your work life to make a difference. See, everybody ends up somewhere, but only a few people see very clearly 2020 what God's called them to. And if you follow what God's called you to, you end up somewhere on purpose. And today what I want to do, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to seek God, to allow God to to show you where he wants you in your work life. Some of you, God may give you a vision for that so that you end up somewhere on purpose. And here's a question, and I want you to wrestle with it this, this week. As you think about this season in your life, where you're at right now, as you think about your work life, whatever that is, are you doing what God wants you to do? Yes or no? And I know, because I know people, some of you are going, well, I, I don't know, maybe. No, 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 no. That's not on the table. This season in your life... Are you doing what God wants you to do, yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then you should celebrate. You know, like the psalmist, the psalmist says, praise the Lord, the Lord's good. Sing praises to his name for it is lovely. It's a wonderful thing. If you are spending the majority of your time doing something that you're gifted at, that revs up your passion, that provides fulfillment in your life, if you're doing something like, like that, it is truly a gift from God, and it's something beautiful to watch. Because here, here's the deal. Experience has taught me that the vast majority of people are frustrated with what they do. They do not like what they do. They wish they were doing something else. They wish that they could enjoy their work the way that you enjoy your work. Now, I have a close friend, I think maybe I've shared this before, but we, we've been friends since we were kids back in Christian camp together, and Mark always had a passion for landscaping. I mean, even around the camp, he'd go, oh, they ought to do this, and they ought to do that, and we were like junior high, you know? He, he just had this passion. And I remember, it was about 25 years ago, 
God was kind of rocking his boat, you know, and he, he was struggling. And so we got together and he was just sharing with me some of his struggles, some of the problems he was having with the place where he was working at the time. And I remember asking him, I said, well, what's your vision? You know, if you were in charge, what would you be doing? And he kind of paused for a moment, and, and then he just lit up. You know, he very clearly articulated a vision for a company. And I said, I, I want a place where God and people are first, where I could unleash my, my God-given gifts, you know, minister to the people that I work with and with the clients. And, I, you know, he, he just had this passion where he would, uh, could use his artistic abilities and kind of connect it to God's creation. And he talked about being environmentally conscious and that ultimately everything could be done to God's glory. And when he finally come up for air, and, and he talked a long time, I remember saying to him, I said, Mark, sounds like God's calling you to start that company. And so we prayed together. We prayed for Mark and his family, his kids, and and then we prayed for a company that didn't even exist yet. And it wasn't long after that. He started, he started that company. And man, it, it, I mean, it took off. And he has done amazing stuff through, through the years. He did the botanical gardens in Chicago. He's done that eight or nine times. He did Brookfield Zoo. He was featured on the Discovery Channel for, for his work with Green Roofs and uh, the Science Center in Chicago. And I have watched him through the years. And I celebrate him. Because whether he's digging a hole just putting in a tree somewhere or he's doing a multi-million dollar project, he honors God with what he does and does the best he can. You know, he some of you know him, he helped us with our landscaping out here when we first opened up. He uses his gifts to touch people's lives and make a difference. You know, He's maintained that God-given vision. He's doing what God created him to do, I have no doubt. You know, if you're doing what God created you for, keep doing it. But I want to give you a word of caution here because it is very easy to become complacent. You know, the temptation is at some point to kind of coast. You know, you think, oh, I've arrived. You know, I'm doing it. Continue to ask God over and over. Say, God, what else do you want to do in me? What else do you want to do through me? You know, where, where do you want me to focus now? Where do, you, where do you want me to grow so that you keep moving forward? I remember when we first started the church. Uh, in fact, I'm just curious. How many of you were with us when we first started? First started. All right. You know, we bounced around. We were in five different locations, and things were growing. About the time we'd get it figured out, we'd go to a new location. I'd have to figure it all out again. Finally bought the land out here, built the building. And it was very interesting to me because people would say very often, they, I would hear them say, they go, we finally arrived. You know, colleagues would be in town, and friends, they'd want to tour the facility, and I would hear them say, wow, that, that, this is it, isn't it? And every time in me, the leader in me, said, we haven't arrived. This is not it. You know, we're just getting started. And I know it's easy to look around here 
and go, oh, coast mode. Friends, we can celebrate where we're at, but we're just getting started. We, we've been blessed. That's fine. But God's vision's bigger than any of this. You know, we got to keep advancing. We got to keep doing. We got to keep reaching out because our goal is to reach as many people as we can and take them to heaven with us. You know, continue to ask. If you're doing what God wants you to do right now, I challenge you to continue to ask what's the next step, God? What's the next step in my life? What's the next step? Now, for, for those of you that would, were sitting there and you're going, you know what? I'm in the season of my life. And I'm pretty sure I'm not doing what God created me to do. Here's what I want to say to you. Don't panic. Do not beat yourself up and do not give up on whatever that dream, vision from way back was. Instead, let God help you move forward. You know, let God's word encourage you, give you strength, hope. You know, the psalmist says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. God will help you see clearly. You know, remember the vision. I want you to think about that that vision from whenever. And you were like, yeah, that's what I think I'm supposed to be doing. I challenge you to keep moving that direction, to keep trusting God. And I know, as I say that, some of you are going, yeah, but I'm working a job and I'm not really using my gifts. Trust God. Trust God. I I don't get to use my my passion. It's not really being expressed. Trust God. The people I work with are driving me crazy. Trust God. No one appreciates me around here. I am overlooked. I am discounted. Trust God. God. Trust God, whatever it is. You may be in a season of preparation in your life. Maybe, just maybe, God's getting ready to take you to that next step, whatever it is. I was thinking about the frustration David, David must have had. You know, the stories in the Old Testament, uh, it's a great read, but David, when he was a young boy, he's anointed to be the next king. And so he knew what his hazon was. He knew what his vision was. God, it was a clear calling from God. The prophet came and said, you're to be the next king of Israel. But David spends an extended season working as a shepherd for his father. It was a bad job. Yeah. Yeah, bad joke. (laughs) Here's the deal. David's out in the field, but he kept the vision. David kept trusting God. David was the very best shepherd he possibly could be. David honored God with his work, and I am absolutely sure those days when it was cold and windy and rainy and the sheep were being really difficult, you know, he's like, wait, I'm supposed to be king. I mean, even when Saul was was chasing him, 
You know, Saul was the present king, and he's trying to kill David. And David's on the run. He's running for his life. David kept that vision in mind. And I am sure there were times he was thinking, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the king. You know, this this doesn't seem to be going the right direction, God. What's up? Friends, don't panic if that's where you're at. God may be doing something in you before he can do something through you. When I was first called to to ministry, I started immediately studying, reading everything I could, trying to prepare. And for me, the vision was very clear. God was calling me to be a pastor. I started preaching when I was 16 years old. You know, graduated from high school early. Started college, and things were kind of clicking. Every weekend, I was preaching somewhere and uh, I need to go back and apologize to those churches. You know, when you're that young, you say a lot of things you think you know. But anyway, my, my vision got clearer and clearer. And then pretty soon it was like I felt God calling me to start a new church. You know, a church that functioned differently. Church that could reach people that churches weren't reaching. You know, and so I, I started looking for opportunities And every time it was like the door just closed. I don't know if God was closing them or God allowed them to close, but I just I just kept trusting and I I can remember just saying, God, this isn't working. I don't seem to be able to go where I need to go. And you know, I'm not doing what you want me to do. I remember graduating from college, had my BA in ministry, put out my resume. Nothing. Nothing. Finally, a a real small church hired me. And I went there, and things were growing at the church, and it was a horrible, horrible fit. I mean, they didn't want to grow, they didn't want to change, and I wanted us to grow, and I wanted us to change. And so six months in, I stepped out of ministry. Started working at the post office as a mail handler. Did that for a little over four years. Unloading trucks, throwing bundles of mail, I honestly never disliked a job so much in my life. I mean, the majority of my coworkers, God wasn't even on the radar. And to make it worse, they found out I had been a pastor. And so I got dubbed preacher boy. So everywhere I go, oh, preacher boy, preacher boy, you know. And I can remember on more than one occasion, I'm like, God, I'm supposed to be a pastor, I thought, I thought you were calling me to start a new church. And I remember looking around the post office and going, what, what am I doing here? Now, looking back, I realized God was preparing me. Because as I'm working this job I hate, I got to know people. got to know a lot of guys. And I, I learned how to connect with people that really didn't have much use for God. See, God was using that time to strengthen me, to prepare me. And then God opened the door for ministry again. And so for the next 17 years, I worked with traditional churches, established churches. And most of those years were great years. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, God, this is good, but what about that vision? What about starting a new church? And finally, after a really tough season in my life, when I was tired, worn out, and very, very discouraged, God said, 
that church, now you can start it. And we started Faith Fellowship. And here's my point. 26 years, God was preparing me. 26 years, all part of God's plan, not mine, (laughs) but God's design. 26 years, I just kept trusting God. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. I had tons of questions. I struggled. At times, I doubted. At times, I was very, very frustrated. But I held on and did the only thing, the only thing I know to do in life. Keep trusting God. Now I'm glad I did. I mean, seriously. I would encourage you, if that's where you're at today, maybe you're working a job you hate with people you don't understand. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're going the wrong direction in your life. You're thinking, this isn't really what God wants me to be doing It's okay, don't panic. Continue to seek God. Continue to trust God. God may be preparing you. My best advice, just trust God and keep looking around you for opportunities to move the direction you need to move. Now, I know that as I've been talking, some of you go, well, okay, this vision stuff sounds good, but I have no idea what I want to do. Never have had a vision. Let me say something to any of our high schoolers or people getting ready to go into college. Maybe you're in college, young adults. Especially listen up. How do you uncover a vision for your life? See, God's placed in you some clues, some insights, some things that will direct you toward a God-honoring vision for your life. And the first thing I want to ask you, and you need to ask yourself, if, if God were to bless you, anything that you did, if God were to bless that, what would you do? What would you attempt in your life? You need to ask yourself that question often and over and over. Every six months, reevaluate. What would God want me to do in a year? What would God want me to do? And I'm not talking about, oh, I'd go buy a lottery ticket if I knew he'd, you know, that's not what we're talking about. What would you try and do if God would bless it? If God would bless you using your life, your one and only life, by the way, to do something, what would you attempt? What would you dream? Dream bigger. If God were to bless anything, what would you attempt? See, it helps give, give some definition. And I know some of you go, well, I, I'd be a teacher. You know, I, I, I would change kids' lives. That's what I'd like to do. You know, I'd find a cure for this disease. You know, I want to help sick people. I want to help people that have been abused. You know, I want to help people that are struggling financially. I, I don't know what it is. But you got to figure out what that is. I, I got a good friend. He goes, he wants to make as much money as he can so he can support as many ministries as he can. And I go, keep going, buddy. Keep going. And he has made a lot and he's given a lot. What is it that you would do if you knew God would bless it? Again, it needs to be God honoring. All right. That just goes without saying. Now consider these questions. What are your core values? See, this is going to help move you toward 
where you need to be moving toward. Second Corinthians, uh, Paul, Paul writes this. He says, for we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. What's truth? Well, God's word's true. And here, here's the deal. All of us have this in us. It's in our DNA. Hey, you ever noticed that when you're, there's certain truths in life, and you hear them, and, and you get really passionate about them. For, for instance, uh, maybe you're reading something in Scripture, or you're in a small group, uh, maybe watching TV. Maybe you read a, a news story or a blog, a post, something like that. And suddenly, that, that something that you heard, you get all charged up. You know, you get excited about it. You go, why, why doesn't everybody get excited about this? But you're excited about it. You know, why doesn't somebody do something about this? Nobody else is excited, but you're excited. Well, see, that's in your DNA. It's a core value in you. And the fact is, I would challenge you to say maybe, just maybe, God planted that in your DNA so that you would do something about whatever it is, so that you would move toward, toward that. What are your core values, God-given values? God gave them to you. You know, what, what are your gifts? You know, what do you do exceptionally well? See, this is another hint where God may be calling you. My brother, is, as a kid, he could burp the theme to Gilligan's Island. He was good. <laughs> now, that gift did not result in a vision for his life, I will tell you that. Um, but we do have gifts in us. You know, Paul says in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. See, it's not because you're a great person that you have gifts. It's because God wired you that way. You know, you ever had someone say to you, you know, how how do you do that? Oh, man, you make me sick. That comes so easy for you. See, it's not because you're a great person. It's because God gave you a great gift. And I will just warn you, if God has gifted you in some area and you do not nurture that gift if you do not continue to develop that gift and to hone that gift and grow that giftedness, you will waste that giftedness. And that's a shame for you and it's a shame for the world around you. Giftedness and vision go hand in hand. You know, Moses had a gift of leadership. Abraham had a gift of faith. Daniel had a gift of courage. Matthew had a gift of hospitality. That led him to setting up parties all the time. He says, come on over. Hey, have you met Jesus? And he used his gift. God will use your giftedness, whatever it is. Giftedness will move you toward a vision for your life. See, you got core values, you got giftedness, and then you got experiences in your life. I mean, what experiences have you had? You may have heard this verse a hundred times, but I challenge you to see it it with some new eyes and a new way. Paul writes in Romans, he says, and we know that in, see, he's going to tell us, in all things, God works for good. Of those who, here's the focus, who's it work for? Those who love him, who focus on him, 
who have been called according to his purposes. Everybody, everybody ends up somewhere. But only a few people begin to see crystal clear, 2020, God-honoring vision, end up somewhere on purpose in their life. See, your past, whatever it's been, good, bad, ugly, your past is an insight, perhaps, into where God's calling you in the future in your life. Again, I think about David. You know, David, he's a shepherd boy. He one day gets called to take lunch to his brothers who are fighting on the front line. They're at war with the Philistines. David gets there. The entire Israeli army is afraid of a giant named Goliath. They're they're cowering. No one will fight this, this monster. David, he looks around. He's a young kid. He looks around. He assesses the situation. He says, yeah, I think I could take him out. I'm thinking, why would he think that? Because of his experiences. See, he had faced bears and lions. As a shepherd, he learned to use that slingshot, and he took those lions out. He took those bears out. I guarantee you, at the time, he wasn't thinking, glory to God, look what God's doing in me. But you know what? He gained value in those experiences, and it moved him to be able to do what God called him to do. See, God used it. God was preparing David. God used his experiences, and when you look at his life, God used those to catapult him into leadership. See, your past is often an insight into where God's going to call you in the future, where there's no vision, where there's no dream, where there is no idea of where you're going, people perish. Friends, no matter where you're at today, doesn't matter. Again, we're talking vocation. We're talking work life. Wherever you're at at this moment, I challenge you to continue to seek vision from God. Continue trusting God. Continue to ask the really hard questions. You know, the defining questions, the redefining questions. And continue to honor God every step of the way. I know some of you go, yeah, I really hate where I'm at right now. Well, let me give you just a little key into how to start enjoying life as you're retooling. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you've got to begin to appreciate every day that God gives you. You need to recognize that God is working in your life and he's working in you to take you somewhere. And you ought to take this verse and just tuck it, tuck it away. Whatever you do, whatever you're doing, even if you don't like it, whatever you're doing, work at it wholeheartedly as though you were doing it for the Lord and not mere, merely for people. Now, I want to say something to Christ followers. If, you, if you're a Christian, this is what's on the table. You're working for God. Whatever you're doing in your life, you are working for God. 
You are working for a reason. You are working for a purpose. This life is short. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've made him Savior, Lord of your life, I will tell you, you will be welcome into heaven. That is not in question. Never is. If, you're, if you've given your life to Christ, that is never a question. But here's the question. Will you hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant? That's what's the question mark. And I will tell you, that's what I long to hear. That's what I strive for in my life, period. That's why this topic matters. It really does. See, everybody, everybody ends up somewhere. But only those who see clearly 2020, God honoring, God vision, end up somewhere on purpose in their life. We'll pick this up next week, but I just challenge you this week to think about, do you know where you're going with your work life? If you hate your work life right now, you can change it. Doesn't matter. Someone will go, um, oh, you know, 50 years old. No, it doesn't matter. God can use you where you're at right now at whatever age. Do what God's called you to, whatever that is. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, this morning we... Uh, we lay all that we do before you. Whether we get a paycheck for it, whatever it is we're doing, God. God, I pray that we would honor you with what we do. And God, I especially, um, I pray that you'd give vision to those that maybe today they're going, yeah, I don't like where I'm at. I know I'm not where I need to be. God, you'd give them a vision for where you can take them. You'd encourage them that maybe there's a reason why they are where they are. But you've got a plan. God, I also pray for those that maybe haven't ever thought much about this, but God, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would just pour into them that they would... Uh, Start looking in and looking up and realize what it is you're calling them to. God, we thank you for every opportunity you place before us. God, may we honor you with all we say and all we do. And God's people said, let's continue worshiping together.